everybody. This is uh, Gary Horn, and uh, you're listening to This is the NWA. It's a, yeah, it's a podcast celebrating the uh, legacy, tradition, the history of one of the greatest pro wrestling entities of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. And this is a YouTube rewatch. That other celebratory voice you heard in the background is this week's guest. Yeah. Mr. Todd A. Davis. Woo! Hey, everybody. Hey, welcome, Todd. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Todd. I'm excited about this. Yeah, I'm excited I'm usually, to have you. I'm usually here for your other show. So this is kind of, this is like Justin's not here. And it's just me and it's you. It's just me and all you. Alone in the studio. All alone staring <laughs> at each other. It's okay. It's it's not scary. I'd, I'd go. No, I go anywhere with that cuddly face. That's that's very sweet of you. And usually, <laughs> I'm used to Justin being on the other side of the table, but you've chosen the middle seat. So now yeah. we are like right next. We're, to each oh other. yeah, we're real close. <laughs> this is, so this is awkward and good at the same time. It's mm, just a mm. mix of emotions. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna like gently rub my own thigh here. <laughs> While I talk to you. Oh, this is it's gonna be a good one. It's getting steamy. Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> little right. little sexier than I anticipated. Hey. All right. So if you are just now following along, this is this well, this is probably not the episode to listen to because we're like <laughs> this is like the fifth playlist in our YouTube rewatch series. For those of you who don't know, if you're just now joining us though, you do have the option to go to youtube.com and you can look up this is the NWA. We have playlists set up for all of these episodes to help you catch up with the NWA, who also they have their official uh NWA YouTube channel where most of their stuff takes place as of right now. I have subscribed Good job. Because I enjoy it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. That's good to hear. So anyway, just to help everybody out, I've made playlists available on our channel just to help everybody kind of keep up with what we're talking about. Uh, there's also a playlist called the Guest Catch-Up Playlist, which actually Todd and I were going to record like a few days ago, <laughs> and he only watched that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I dropped the ball on that one. But that's we've had a few ball. other guests come in and talk about all those episodes, so <laughs> that would have been really redundant for the folks at home. Right. But, I mean, we can reference those things, and at least now you have context. Yes. I think uh, last week's guest, Miles Griffin. He, oh, uh, Miles. Yeah, Miles. He had not watched any of the previous stuff. He only started with Playlist 4. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, before we just jump right into this, Todd. Yeah. Um, you are uh, an actor, a comedian. Yes. And a lawyer of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, I dabble. You dabble. I, da- I dabble in a lot of things. But yeah, when I have those precious few moments, rather than spend them with my loving wife and uh, ever wiggling dog, um yeah, I'm doing stand-up comedy, uh, acting in short films and commercials when when I can, and um, you know, writing comic books and you know, planning you know comedic events and nerdy events around town. And I, yeah, I try, I try, I stay busy. I stay very busy. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out of that busy schedule to come talk to <laughs> us about wrestling. I, I'm down. I'm I'm really excited about this. This is uh, great. So we'll get into a little bit later how folks can find you and keep up with more of your mini activities. Yeah. But right now, before we just dive in, what, what's your history with wrestling? Uh, my history with wrestling is sparse at best, but it is directly tied to you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I was raised in a very religious household, and wrestling was not cool <laughs> for my <laughs> very religious parents. But as I got older, I uh, started uh, getting into comics more and superheroes and the performing arts. Yeah. 
and I met a young man at the local comic book store named Gary Horn. Oh, that's me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, being the obnoxious uh, social butterfly that I am, went right up to you, said, hey, man, what are you reading? What can I help you find? You know? I remember that day. Yeah. Shortly after that, you know, I feel like we became pretty fast friends. And Uh, we're still working on it. Yeah, we're we're ironing it out. (laughs) uh, uh, That was 2002, 2003. (laughs) We'll we'll get there. Eventually. We'll get there. But anyways, uh, you invited a whole bunch of uh, the guys over to the house to watch a wrestling pay-per-view event and it was my, that was my first time like watching wrestling like actively engaging watching wrestling nice and the only detail i recall about it i think it may have been a wrestlemania okay and that one i believe john cena won the usa title Oh, nice. Like beating the big show or somebody? I think so. Yeah. I want to say WrestleMania 20? I like don't, WrestleMania I, goes to Hollywood? Was that? Oh, nice. Was that the one? Somebody out there listening right yeah. now is like just shaking their fist at me because uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, well, I mean. What kind of wrestling fan are you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and probably at me as well. Like I didn't have the time to research my own memory. Yeah. <laughs> didn't Triple H come out in like sort of this Viking, but like death metal looking like uh, headgear and that seems seems about like right leather and chain mail type looking <laughs> thing i mean it was badass it was really badass but uh yeah days gone by well it's come all the way around though because i mean just recently you and i have gone to like a even a local indie yes. show and uh so greenville well greenville has a pretty uh a pretty relevant history with professional wrestling oh yeah um, especially the carolinas and the nwa actually very much very much in fact if i can share the story that my father told my father actually worked at the sheridan motor inn okay. which is an old hotel no longer exists of course uh here in greenville and he would always tell the story of the weirdos that he would see coming into the sheridan motor inn the one incident that he always cited was this short loudmouth guy came in with his buddy who was wearing a dress and it was kind of like oh dad you know whatever you got this silly story whatever um so flash forward a couple years and i'm looking up some uh some historical photos for you know greenville in the downtown area and i remembered the uh greenville memorial auditorium which of course now is the bon scores wellness arena right but found some old wrestling posters and was going through and uh, some of the headliners. And I saw a couple of the headliners and looked at the dates. And then I went back to my father. I said, hey, dad, that short loudmouth guy, did he have bleach blonde hair? <laughs> He's like, yeah, now that I think about it, yeah, he did. And I said, and his tall friend that was wearing the dress, was it plaid? <laughs> he goes, yeah. I was like, dad, that was Ric Flair and Rowdy Roddy Piper. He goes, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. That's awesome. Oh, am I allowed to curse on this? Um, Yeah. I oh, okay. mean, we kind of broke, like I was keeping it PG, but I don't think anybody cared, at least as of last episode, because Miles just started laying into the F-bomb. So. <laughs> so anyway, that's my history with the uh, wrestling. It's tied to you. It's tied to Greenville. But it really, again, I didn't watch it as a as a kid, like most wrestling fans do, growing up with these characters, I came into it very, very late. And but I always was really attracted to it once I got into it, just because. And I was talking with, I believe, my wife about this. It's one of the last, uh, and I think I talked with you about it as well. It's one of the last vaudevillian art forms, that, right? That has stayed in its pure form. Like, yeah, there's a lot of pyrotechnics and. 
big, huge costumes and big, huge arenas. But at the end of the day, it's two dudes in a ring. And, right. it, and it was like that at the turn of the century. And it's probably going to stay that way. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, like comedy has changed. Magic has changed. All the other vaudevillian arts have undergone heavy change. But wrestling has stayed pretty pure, which yeah. is which is great to think about. Yeah, and I mean, if anything, people have tried to overthink it, and it usually just comes back around to being in its simplest form. Yeah. Like, this is what people are paying to see. They yeah. want this. Uh, they want to suspend disbelief, and they want to jump in there and just watch two guys duke it out exactly. over some some issue that they have with yeah. each other. Or a championship. Um, so, uh, speaking of the turn of the century thing, you're, you're now you're dealing with the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, when we last left the NWA, uh, Nick Aldis had successfully question mark defended the title against crimson for a moment these two men in combat were flashed back to being friends how severely injured was the champion his friend gave him a moment as he made his way to the corner crimson realized he had an opportunity but it was the champion who was able to take that opportunity and won the battle Crimson had fought so hard, but his chance was gone. He began to question himself, and then his friend. Aldis grew tired of the questions. But as it's done in the past, the 10 pounds of gold changes everything. Here's the thing, like, as questionable as Tim's win over Aldous with him pushing off the ropes. Right, right. That level of professionalism came into question for me with him against his friend Crimson. Right. Aldous's friend Crimson. Here's the thing. I really like Aldous. Or I liked Aldous. <laughs> <laughs> he had the skill. Right. Age is on his side. Clearly, he's well-trained. And although he was cocky, he was writing checks and cashing them. Right. Like he could back it up. Yeah. And then, um, you know, gets in there and it gets a little uh, gets a little dicey with Crimson and uh, Crimson's clearly trying to convey something to him. And rather than, you know, stopping and talking to his friend decides to cold cock him with the title that he that he just lost it's yeah like, well what you're talking about is that match ends with basically aldis faking uh being knocked out essentially like he's he's in a hell of a match and he decides yeah. that he's not above taking a technically it's not cheating but yeah. he he feigns the injury his buddy's trying to help him out and then he gets a quick pin out of it and less than less than honorable i would say yeah exactly. <laughs> not illegal and so uh yeah then crimson's understandably pissed off right and uh he's trying to talk to nick and nick like you said just uh smacks him in the face with the championship jeez <laughs> oh, which 10 pounds of gold to the head like yeah and and you can even think on one hand at that point i had been like well everybody's frustrated but then he drags him in the middle of the ring and locks in the kingsland cloverleaf on him and is holding him in that hold an unconscious crimson yeah and told us to to display what yeah yeah this is he's unconscious all this is being kind of a jackass here and then on top of all of that Josephus 
shows up. Yep. Who uh, we've been seeing a little bit of here and there with his spiritual advisor, also a shifty individual. Yeah. And uh, he presents Aldous with the championship, and uh, Aldous is raring up for a fight, but Josephus doesn't seem interested quite yet, and Aldous leaves, and Josephus extends the hand to Nick Aldous. I really like Josephus. I do. But he's kind of... (sighs) I don't know if the character needs a little tweaking or the image needs a little tweaking or maybe the excessive dialogue needs scaling back or something, but something's not clicking for me with his character. Okay. And I just, I see where he's going. Right. But I I wonder if it's, again, I wonder if it's, if it's an image thing, if it's a costume thing, is it a dialogue thing? Is it his own personal quirks? Like how much of that is he... You know, I look at it like I do with stand up. You know, you write a bit and then you sort of workshop it a little bit and you take it around. It's like, hey, should I go go further? You know, stay where I'm at, dial right. it back a bit. You know, what do I need to do here? And I just wonder the cool thing about the NWA right now, especially with it having this indie rock feel, this very independent um, freelance artist type feel is that there may not be a lot of editing we'll say from the creatives of like, Hey, you know, if you scale back a little bit on your dialogue, your character will actually come across a little more menacing. Right. Or, you know, you're talking this big game, but your outfit does not match. The carpet doesn't match the drapes. (laughs) Sorry. That's the only thing I can think of. I was just trying to picture a conversation (laughs) where David Lagana is telling that to Josephus. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just so you know, the carpet doesn't match. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, all that to say, it's like, it's not gelling together in one cohesive thing, as opposed to pick a WWE superstar, the personality with the mic skills, with the costume, everything that goes along with that character is perfectly tuned in. Yeah, I would say to that, WWE seems to have these ideas before they present someone on television. There's been a lot of work done, and this feels more like a lot of times they're, let's throw some stuff out there, let's see what clicks, let's let's, let's figure it out. Josephus himself is a character in some sort of evolution, it seems like, because when he first showed up on the scene. He was more, uh, he looked like Bruiser Brody. He had this like... A little bit of a barbarian type, right. like yeah. almost a caveman type thing. Which exactly. I was like, all right, I'm yeah. down. And now he's he's kind of evolved into this spiritual person and he's got the spiritual advisor yeah. who I am unnaturally attracted to. <laughs> I don't... I, um, she reminds me of the chick from the first Star Trek movie. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Right? I also thought she was hot. Um, <laughs> so You just might have a thing for bald chicks. Maybe I do. Maybe I, here's it. the thing. You need to have the discussion with Jennifer and say, hey, look, <laughs> listen, it's hair. It'll grow back. Do this one way for me. Yeah, just shave it. Just shave it one time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on anyway um so now you've got this situation where what's going on with josephus he extends the hand nick Aldis just cheated his friend or you know injured his friend also at the end the very last thing you see is hey here's tommy dreamer he also shows up and he's been promised a title shot and he's got colt cabana coming up in right? china that's all part of the Aldis crusade it's not easy being the NWA champ, no. as it's supposed to be, I suppose. You're supposed yeah. to be traveling and what? fighting constantly. How, how old is Tommy Dreamer? Um, that is a good question. I feel he's like I should be, have researched he's, that. He's got to be pushing 50. The uh, Wikipedia says that he is 48 years old. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. That's... 
Dude's still moving around. He's he's still got the moves, man. Yeah, February thirteenth, nineteen seventy one, in Yonkers, New York. Hey, birthed Tommy Yonkers. <laughs> All of that setup is to just bring us in a half hour into the show, <laughs> <laughs> into the actual YouTube rewatch for the playlist we're talking about. All right, so the very first video is going to get us right back into a subject that you were just talking about. It is the Kingdom of Josephus: A Message to Crimson and Nick Aldis. Looks like we might get some answers for where we left off in the last episode. Yeah. Uh, it's a message brought to you by a student, a devotee, a friend. Uh, <laughs> it's Josephus in an empty lot. It's a parable, he says, uh, <laughs> to his own soul. It's all been torn down and will be rebuilt bigger. Just start taking Cialis and it'll get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I'm not going to lie. I thought of a lot of those too while yeah. I was watching. I was like, this is interesting. Josephus is playing a lot here about how Crimson is a good man and Nick just showed his true self. And He's not wrong. And, that, and sure, Nick looks bad, but it's not like Josephus has been an angel either. Um, anyway, he says he's building his kingdom now. His spiritual advisors promise him and he wants to talk to Crimson and he's going to build it with the 10 pounds of gold he's got hmm. he's got plans that josephus yeah yeah, yeah. it's I, again this comes back to a lot a lot of the tell it back a bit sell me yeah sell me on your kingdom this is too much joe in that cephas <laughs> <laughs> there is too much joe in that cephas that's good uh, what about the spiritual advisor's dialogue so far have you felt like she's uh, been talking too much yeah a little wordy a little yeah. wordy. just god yakety yak yak you know just right. like a woman no she's so mouthy, <laughs> she's so mouthy. <laughs> uh, oh, god. 10 pounds of gold is the actual series on youtube that david lagana focuses on mostly you can tell because they're the most well edited right best put together parts of the stuff mm. uh we in these playlists run through all of them but you probably notice in the guest playlist it's it's mainly just all the 10 pounds of golds are in there because you kind of get everything you need in yeah. those that said the next uh video that pops up here is antagonist versus protagonist 10 pounds of gold number 17 this is a uh, good, good thing they gave us the definition Yes. <laughs> Nick and Tommy have issues. That would be my uh, subtitle for this one. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Nick just has issues with old guys or old relationships. Like he clearly has like <laughs> clearly had hang on to friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like hating, hating on Tim, hating on Tommy, you know, and he's clearly got a, you know, extensive past with Crimson. He, you know, yeah. he's just like, Hey, look, I'm, it's me. I'm I'm the guy. I'm the new fresh blood. Don't fuck with me. Blah 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 blah. I cursed again. Sorry. But yeah, just like look, dude. It's it's really okay to thank the people because I mean he even got into that a little a little bit later. I'm maybe jumping the gun here about being gracious and blah 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 blah. It was like, come on, dude. Like dial it back a bit. Like these guys. Okay, let's say you know. Let's say the wins are all legitimate. Be thankful. Like, right off the bat, be thankful. Well, Shake. it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Tommy seems, he seems cool about Nick, but he's, he's has some issues with Aldous being disrespectful. Yeah. And you're like, well, I wonder how disrespectful he's being. <laughs> then the very next scene, like, you see, like, Nick talking about Tommy Dreamer, calling him an out of shape ham sandwich hardcore wrestler, and that ain't going to get it done. <laughs> he says, I, like, says okay. that Tommy's desperate for people to like him. So help me understand calling someone a ham sandwich <laughs> i i need to i need because <laughs> i mean like working with a lot of stand-up comedians you can tell the ones that are 
gracious for the opportunities. And you can tell the ones who like have learned from their mentors and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. I don't know that I would ever go to the lengths to call somebody a ham sandwich. So what is, what's the deal? Uh, what's the deal? (laughs) I'll tell you this. You can add this to a stand up bit. Uh, ham sandwich walks into a bar (laughs) and the bartender says, Hey, we don't serve ham sandwiches here. And he says, that's cool. I just wanted a beer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, and that is forever saved in eternity. Um, the joke is officially burned. There we go. <laughs> so uh, Nick thinks that Tommy Dreamer just uh, got involved with the NWA, like opened his doors. Tommy Dreamer's doing his own thing now. He's got his... Uh, um, Hall of Hardcore? House of Hardcore. House of Hardcore. Yeah, That's got us up. But yeah, I almost forgot too. House of Hardcore. And uh, you can watch it live on Twitch whenever they do episodes and nice. stuff. So another format to catch wrestling. There's so much out there these days. Yeah. Tommy's been very generous with the NWA. Nick says he's just using it because he just brought him in because he knew he'd get offered a shot at the title and you have to and blah, blah, blah. Tommy tells the story about helping out Nick in, in TNA and Nick says Tommy is a liar and that, you know, Tommy's out there talking about wanting to make history, but he is history. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this is kind of cool. Actually, some of this is blurring the line. It feels pretty. I mean, I don't want to use a buzzword that we're going to hear more of later, but authentic. Like it right. seems like it's essentially Tommy Dreamer tells this story about how Nick wasn't getting along with management back in the day at TNA. And supposedly, you know, he had a match with him and uh, went and talked him up to management and, you know, management decided to check him out and see what was going on, yada, yada, yada. And it helped boost Nick's career. Nick says that that's not entirely true, that he manned up and he's the one actually um, that that's going to take us right into the next video as a matter of fact nick aldis tells the truth on tommy dreamer and eric bischoff and tna Impact Wrestling. right right um so so nick tells that story about you know that tommy's playing this up like he's the one who did it but nick was already you know moving this along whatever i mean these are not his words but he says that he went to eric bischoff himself because he was like look i don't need to be here if you don't want me fire right. me but what's going on and he and eric bischoff ashed it out and then he had the match with Tommy. And then Tommy came in and was like, Eric was talking you up in the meeting. And it wasn't because of their match. It was because he had already yeah, like, I, got into it with Eric about it. I, yeah. You talk about blurring the lines between, uh, you know, the fantasy and the, rea- and the reality. I This is one aspect of wrestling that I've always found really interesting because at the time that I came in, there were there were a lot of different storylines going on of like, so-and-so stole someone else's woman and that's why they're beefing or, you know, and, and come to find out that's true or is it true? You know? And there was a lot of that play up and you always kind of wonder because wrestling is the way that it is. Some things are kept behind the curtain. Right. And then, you know, once you start to pull that curtain back and all that stuff comes out into storylines, you got to keep all that stuff straight of, uh, you know what's real, what isn't, and then these guys have to have to keep that up. Like it's it's not a character that they play for ten minutes in the ring. It's a character that they have to live. You know, right? And you know you have to get to that place where you can finally okay, all the clo- all the doors are closed. Okay, all the electronic devices are off. 
now I can fart, you know, like that's, the, I mean, there's, there's, you're just wondering where Nick, where and when Nick Aldis farts. Yes. I'd like to know <laughs> when, where Nick Aldis farts. No, but, uh, you know, I always, you know, I was having this discussion with my wife about, um, we had just watched the first episode of the new twilight zone. Have you watched yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, or some of that with Camille Nanjani. As you're, the right, right, right. And if you if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor, go watch it because it's amazing. But that idea of to really commit to it, you have to give of yourself because the fans are investing in you. Right. They're not they're never they're never going to get to hold the title, but they will wear a shirt with your face on it. Like so they are investing in you. You know, when I was first getting in, I didn't give a shit about the damn I I cursed two more times. I'm sorry. It's fine. Um, this, this just it's no longer uh, okay. family friendly. <laughs> sorry, everybody. Um, if you were in you the know, van with your kids, you know, <laughs> now's the time to have the talk. <laughs> Comedians are dirty. So I didn't care about the U.S. title and really didn't know much about WWE. But there was something about John Cena that I was like, all right, I can watch this dude, you know, and yeah. and, and a lot of others. So putting yourself out there and it goes the same for for stand-up comedy i can tell jokes of gee men and women sure are different you know but for me to talk about my wife and my dog and you know struggles in my childhood and my issues with my dad like that lets them in on a part of my life and i'm actually able to convey that more convincingly maybe that's part of it and you know these guys they're not actors right they are athletic performers yeah so to get those real reactions, you got to have an element of realism, I suppose. And, you know, and, and bringing that out, let's let's the crowd in behind the curtain just enough to get them invested in the natural drama of what's happening with this company and the belt and these people. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, so there are bits I, I could say at least with certainty for someone like Nick Aldis. We even get a little bit in the uh, Tommy Dreamer in the radio show. He's talking about you know when he comes back and tells Nick, he's like, "Oh, they were talking you up in this meeting and stuff." And he was like, "Well, they should have been doing that in the first place." And, <laughs> and Billy even laughs and is like, "That sounds about right." <laughs> so they could totally buy that. That's how Nick would have talked. Right. I, I got a. A great chance recently to go to an NWA show, and uh, and and I've talked about it on this podcast, but that's uh, awesome. And, yeah, and we got to do the VIP stuff, and and got to talk to Nick Aldis for a good length of time, and he's a, a very cool dude. But like he, I mean, he comes across like if I didn't know who he was, I would think that he was arrogant, right? And right, and, and it's just a confidence that he has. He's very sure of himself right and he's part of that you have to have as the champion oh yeah 100 percent. i and I then the other that. part you kind of have to be that way to become the champion i don't mean it in a disparaging way no, at all no. like i wish that i was as confident sometimes as <laughs> as nick aldis and and i don't and i wouldn't even say that like at that thing he was a jackass but he just no matter what you said he had uh i don't know he is was he a, is he a one-upsman he just and you're done talking okay now me no no, no he wasn't like that at all either <laughs> no? he was very okay. considerate he was he was like listening but it, it felt like no matter what you said he could make you feel stupid about it <laughs> like he okay like for instance i wore i think a gilmore girl shirt into the thing and so i was wearing that perfect yeah yeah so i was perfect. like and I, I talked to some of the other wrestlers and and 
they were like, wow, you're not even wearing a wrestling shirt. And I was like, no, I figured I'd wear like the opposite. I don't want to be that guy, you know, and like just like overly nerd out and stuff. And um, <laughs> so we're in this restaurant, this bar and stuff. And when I finally get a chance to talk to Nick Aldis, I'm talking about it, he's like, oh, that's a cool shirt, you know, and he even says like kind of. In a way, you're like, okay. And I'm like, well, <laughs> let me get on his good side and be like, hey, I'm not that nerdy fan. No, I, I wore this shirt because, you know, I didn't want to be that guy. And then he was immediately like, I mean, you're paying for tickets to see the wrestlers. Why wouldn't you want to just get the whole experience of being, you know, like he just had this like, well, no, I feel dumb that I didn't wear a wrestling shirt. And, oh, my God. So, be, blink twice if you were brought to this event against your will. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, if you were one of these, uh, you know, ho hum. Oh yeah, I'll just, I'm just happy for the opportunity. Blah 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 blah. You just got left on the sidelines, and eventually they just got bored of you. You were, you know, because the the person in charge of that company, you were a shiny new toy, you know, and you had to do whatever you could to stay in that person's eyesight. And then, not to mention the fact that we had a revolving door of bosses. So every time a new guy would come in, a new regime took over. I was right back to. Jump Street. Back new, to square one. Yeah, you're new. You're, oh, we don't know who this guy is. He hasn't proved himself yet. Uh, he hasn't. He hasn't. He wasn't in the WWE, so we don't know anything about him. We we should just see see what this kid's got. And after about three years of this, I went, no. I, how about you watch the product, and I'll tell you what I've got. So anyway, he he just he is that guy. Yeah. It's it's really cool. Uh, but it it, all, it makes me respect him a lot too, and I can totally see why he's the man yeah on top so the next video um we'll just jump into is um this is tommy dreamer versus nick aldis highlights from house of hardcore in philadelphia pa 32418 so this is one thing that's come up a lot and uh, you may be about to say something about this same thing but i'm just going to go ahead and put it out there this is one of the frustrating parts about this series on nwa for me that we just go right in and it's highlights of the match that he had with tommy dreamer it's not the actual match you don't get that i think on the podcast with miles miles asked if there was a full match of crimson versus nick aldis and i I think i said no but there actually is a video that dropped later that they showed the full match the same thing happens um another time i believe but not not with this one not with tommy dreamer here they don't ever drop another video it's just the highlights and i don't know if it's like a licensing issue Hmm. that this belongs to house of hardcore and they get to show the match and yada 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 but anyway they give you highlights so it's not like you don't ever know what happened right but um it's better than nothing yeah yeah it's better than nothing and maybe for somebody who just likes the story more this works so you know sure um for for what it's worth it's a well put together video and it looks fun there's like epic music going on in the background yeah there's a table and some chairs and then uh horse yeah and uh expect nothing less from the house of hardcore that makes sense nick aldis goes for an elbow drop at one point goes right through a table tommy moves and yeah they look like they beat the hell out of each other so nick comes out on top retains the nwa championship tommy good for him yeah, Tommy in his uh, stoic self and his uh, tenure as a wrestler, he he just has this uh, this graciousness about him and and good sportsmanship stands up and goes to shake. And uh, this is why we shouldn't be concerned, I guess, about censorship because Nick Aldis looks him in the face and says, "I'm not shaking your fucking hand." And he walks out. Yeah. Okay. So you clocked your best friend with the bell. Now you flat out disrespect one of the one of the wrestling living wrestling legends i think that's i think that's fair to say right come on you want to you know you want to kick my dog while you're at it jeez i mean like, <laughs> what what are the, 
these? I don't know. I, I I wonder what's going on in his head. I don't know, man. He's the champ. I guess. Yeah. I mean, He's confident. Being the champ means he you don't feels have like to... this guy uh, told a lie on him. The devil is a lie. The... <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, and I go back to at the beginning of all this. Okay, you eventually took down Tim Storm. You took down a legend, or you took you took down a really fantastic wrestler. Yeah. Who was 20 years older than you, but you clearly have some great skill. Fantastic. And then it's just every chance you get, it's great match. You fucking suck. Deuces. Like, (laughs) so, like, look, you don't have to be a super nice guy, but like, okay, match is over. I won. Shake hands. And then, and then fuck right off. You know, just, I I don't know. It's, it, it gets, I run into this issue with being able to cheer for a heel. Yeah. And it and it's kind of across the board. Like, when I was watching Breaking Bad, I was like, I don't know how I feel about rooting for the bad guy. You know? And uh, Michael Keaton in The Founder a few years ago. You're rooting for the bad guy. <laughs> like, there's so many things where it's like... And, and we just talked about Batman. Batman 89. Yeah. Um, um, it'll be dropping... Probably around the same time, you know, or the same week, roughly. Right. Uh, Psychotronic Film Society at Psychotronic Pod. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, in in that movie and as well as The Dark Knight, like, clearly the villain is more interesting than your main title character. And I was always like, it really, everything in me wants to root for the hero. But when you've got this guy who's on top and he's just an asshole, do you root for him? Do you support that? Do you, I mean, I have no problem cheering for the underdog, but I don't know. I'm just so conflicted about all this. So conflicted. I'm very conflicted. Well, Ric Flair (laughs) didn't uh, get to where he's at by uh, shaking hands and kissing babies. That's true. He won matches. Yeah. And he was the dirtiest player in the game. Was the dirtiest. But he was also the man. Yeah. Like, and that's that's a big issue I have with anybody. And I know you've called him the man a couple times. Yeah. Every time you've said it, I was like, Ric Flair's the man. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Ric Flair would bed your lady. And you'd ask how it was yeah, <laughs> and feel jealous that you didn't get to watch. <laughs> On the other hand, there's a guy like Harley Race, who is a very rough and tumble individual. And I just wouldn't want to talk to him back in the day, I think, because yeah. he just looks like he wants to hit people. And, um, <laughs> if, he looks if very you, grumpy. If you talk, if, <laughs> if you found out he got, you know, popped for, you know, DV third, you'd be like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> On one hand, I'd say you're not supposed to root for the heel. On the other hand, I would say. You can respect this one. He's yeah. winning his matches. Yeah. He's yeah. doing it. The arm's getting raised. Uh, yeah. He's not there for you to like him. He's there for you to respect him and for his belt to be the most important title in the industry. But is it... Do you have to respect the guy that doesn't respect anybody? Is there an issue of, like, to get respect, you have to give respect? Mm, maybe. You earn respect, some might say. Yeah, I'm playing devil's advocate. No, here, that's, fine. that's fine. <laughs> but it's, you, you earn respect. Yeah. You get respect by winning. If uh, you don't like him and you don't think he deserves the belt, take it. Uh, yeah, he doesn't need... He doesn't need respect from the peanut gallery. Exactly. You know, they they paid they paid their two bits. They're in. So and, and, and he gets plenty of criticism. Don't get me wrong. I mean, mm. Nick Aldis gets plenty of criticism. He's not as technically proficient. He's not the uh, biggest, strongest guy necessarily. He doesn't do any flips or you know. He's not all of that stuff. But he doesn't have to. 
Yeah. He wins. Yeah. He's an amalgam of some of the traits of wrestlers that that you need to become a champion. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? Hit me up, I Nick. Saw... I'll manage you. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a couple of his. Uh, I saw a couple of his moves, and you know, I was actually pretty impressed. I was oh, like, I think yeah, he's, he's great. Like, yeah, yeah, he's he like he clearly has some very refined skill. I think he does what he has to do. And yeah, he's, he's from like a British school of wrestling. You know, his uh, his training comes from uh, the Pages family. You know, Page and WWE. Um, oh, okay. They, yeah, 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 yeah. They uh, they broke him in, and then I think he he actually did some. training training with harley race as a matter of fact cool so, all right uh so the next video we're just going to take a brief detour to talk to austin idol uh <laughs> and uh did he cash the georgia territory battle royal check did he apparently he did <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the tales from idleville which by the way you notice we live in idleville yeah <laughs> uh, so is he does he live around here is oh, he local? yeah like his he owns vick's pizza get the hell out of here really <laughs> yeah really i applied to work there oh really yeah like i know like i was uh between i was i was between jobs and uh i was just like it was right across vix is literally right across the street from one of the places where i do stand-up comedy on yeah, a regular yeah. basis right but it, it, it i think his it, son if i'm not mistaken runs the thing but austin idol is the like owner like that's wild his place anyway uh basically just a interesting little story with austin idol talking about how they you know just handed out a check it was supposed to be storyline you win a check if you win the battle royal but he unlike others decided let me see what happens if i do cash this check <laughs> merry christmas to austin idol and if he's living in greenville he probably spent it on scratchers <laughs> and uh maybe some 40s <laughs> yeah that sounds about right that's what i'd spend it on yeah <laughs> um, all right, so then uh, we get back into the storyline here with the next video. It's, Will Crimson accept Josephus's offer? Dum, dum, dum. I loved this one myself. Uh, Crimson's meeting Josephus in a secret location for a special offer to enter the kingdom of yeah. Josephus. Which sounds back to a Cialis commercial that you mentioned. <laughs> Ask him if he wants to come into the kingdom. <laughs> oh, God. This is really going off the rails now. Uh, hey, if I'm allowed to curse and say stuff. <laughs> The kingdom of Josephus is about sacrifice, and it's about power, and it's about glory. I'm willing to sacrifice something of my own. I'm willing to go to Billy Corkin and sacrifice part of my title shot for you so that the match will be Nick Aldis versus Josephus versus Crimson. Uh, it looks like they're meeting in some kind of conference or classroom. Yeah. I love that... There are just little post-it notes with arrows <laughs> in the classroom, yeah. like to directing Crimson where to walk, and Crimson's like tracing it with his finger. This one, <laughs> and then this one, yeah, and then or maybe his sight is blurry from <laughs> the headshot. Yeah, that's oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. he's he's like it's like Braille, Braille arrows. <laughs> he's following Sharpie Braille. <laughs> <laughs> red haired he's like matt murdoch daredevil exactly you know, he can feel the raised <laughs> sharpie then I, then I go this way <laughs> but, okay post it <laughs> so the uh post-its guide crimson to a chair a desk and uh he sits down there's a book in front of him he looks at him we never really get to see what the book is there's no very... pictures in this <laughs> if crimson is listening he's oh, not sorry gonna... <laughs> 
I like the, the thoughts and opinions of Todd A. Davis do not necessarily reflect the thoughts and opinions of this is the NWA podcast. I think we should start doing that at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just the thoughts and opinions of Todd A. Davis. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, just put that at the beginning. Just put that out there. Okay. If you follow him on social media, <laughs> do not reflect anything. Hey, listen, we're here to talk about wrestling, but uh, there's this guy, Todd Davis, just, uh, you know, with, with a grain <laughs> of salt is all we're saying. <laughs> all right. So Josephus appears yeah. and uh, Josephus is offering to make the championship match a three way. Yeah. If they win, then the other will give the other one a shot. So it's like two title shots. Right. Kind of clever. Yeah. Um, so he's like, all right, well, all three go in. I win or you win. Then the other one will let them have the first match. Seems reasonable you gotta wonder what the ulterior motives are here because for crimson it's all money because he didn't have a title or he gets another title shot technically he gets two more title shots on top of the one that he already had right so it's three title shots for crimson josephus though i think and maybe this goes back to your point but i think his idea is is that he could use crimson to help beat aldis and whether or not josephus wins that match in either case when it comes time he can outsmart crimson and keep or get the title depending on the scenario maybe that was why the test of the arrows uh occurred (laughs) he was like oh yeah this guy's tracing the post-its so looks like he's and is he talking to himself while he follows the arrows with yeah okay yeah we're gonna yeah we're gonna get this the kingdom is already in you he says yeah All right. Well, so here's it's hard, the thing. hard to keep it straight. Here. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, once Josephus, you know, did his slow back away out of the room. Oh, my God. Can I just say that that's my favorite part? Because it's like <laughs> the weirdest, like he's got the hands in front. It is so creepy and funny and odd. He's got that grid and the wide eyes. He just like daddles out. <laughs> but anyway. But I gotta say, like, after that happened and the hand of the spiritual advisor on the shoulder, like, they either should have cut to black or I was really hoping she was going to be like, all right, look, I actually work for Nick Aldis or like something like that. Like, that I'm, would be quite like, the twist. Okay. I'm Billy Corrigan's sister or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, or something along those lines and be like, hey, look, just, just go along with it. And he's, he's nuttier. It's, I used to. I, I actually work at a gas station and why he thinks I'm a spiritual advisor, I don't know. But he's my stepbrother. And this, <laughs> and this is his dream. This is his dream. Just so go I along try to with encourage it. Him. <laughs> so. I have this card from the Make a Wish Foundation. Just, just we've been humoring him for the last eight months. <laughs> he's finally gonna get a chance. Just get in oh. there with him. Tussle. <laughs> you throw him around a little bit. Let him pick you up. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, For is- some reason, I just thought of the abominable snowman from like those old Looney Tunes. <laughs> I will pet him and hug him and call him George. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, but yeah, like go. I, I seriously thought like she was gonna be like she's got the inside track of like this underhand dealing of like, Hey, I actually work for so-and-so and and here's the deal. 
Like, ah, that's not what happens, though. It yeah. seems as though she's going to try to woo Crimson with her spiritual advisory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that's what guys really look for. <laughs> yeah, they want wisdom. I mean, clearly, I'm into it. So. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> so, look at the shape of that dome. <laughs> It looks so wise. Yeah, that's it's weird. That was like the first thing I said when I saw her. Um, so uh, does, she, does she make does she make you think of Tilda Swinton from Doctor Strange? You know, I was watching the videos and the wife walked by and she was just like, "Is that Tilda Swinton?" <laughs> so that literally did happen. Oh, so. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, the next video is Authentic is the New Hardcore, 10 Pounds of Gold, 18. Mm. So, here's that word, authentic. Yes. And big buzzword. Yeah. I was going to make a joke about porn here and say, like, tell that to porn. But I guess, like, more reality-themed porn is also popular these days. So maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. Is it? I don't know. We have to both pretend like we've never seen it. Before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Aldous, Aldous is talking here. And here you go. Here's Aldous being a little authentic. He says he knows. He, he basically the gist of it is he says he knows the first impressions that he gives off, but he's not going to be somebody he's not. This video is kind of playing off the idea that hardcore was a big moment in wrestling, and this is about the idea that. Being real is most important. I love the conversation with Mark Henry. Mark Henry, another legend appearing, yeah. and showing up and talking, and they talk a little bit about iron sharpens iron, you know, and yeah. uh, that's kind of a cool concept. Uh, it's in the Bible. Is it? Is that where it's from? Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. As iron sharpeneth iron, so does a man influence. I don't know. I've had a lot to drink. Okay. So. Well. <laughs> Essentially, put yourself in the shit. You'll get better because of it. That's that's from the Bible too. That's a different translation. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's the uh, NIV or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> New International Version. Put yourself in the shit. So saith the Lord. <laughs> so saith the Lord. <laughs> uh, if you don't make that your first NWA T-shirt, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> put yourself in the shit. So saith the Lord. That is. My, we might get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, so Mark Henry giving some solid advice. Talk about Nick Aldis looks like a man, and, and he knows how to tie a double Windsor knot. He wants to know how to do that. Nice. He has to go into his wallet. I always use a double Windsor. Yeah. Is that true? That is true. How about that? Yeah. And uh, so Nick Aldis talks a lot about the NWA is about emotion and making people act on it. Making you want to pay to see him get his ass kicked, if so be it. Sure. But yeah, he gets Mark Henry's vote of approval. Anyway, that, that's pretty much the essential thing that happened in this video. Uh, just Mark Henry a lot looking at him saying, like, sometimes when I walk into a room, it's just scary when you think about this, but that Mark Henry walks in a room, he sees another dude, he looks at him, and it's just kind of like, can I imagine this guy whooping my tail? And he's, <laughs> you know. Is Mark Henry a, still active? Uh, I think he's retired. Okay. Yeah, he went like, into the Hall of Fame, and I think he's uh, kind of okay. done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Beast of a dude, man. He really Ugh. is. Legit strong as hell like none of that was fake on wwe force he was like folding frying pans and stuff like that (laughs) jeez so the next one is a uh more of a long form version of that interview it's uh wwe hall of fame mark henry talks nwa nick aldis billy corgan yeah basically talking it's just digs a little bit more into those uh, conversations that they had that you know henry talking about the stuff he's been through and that nick's going through and that they're both sharper that billy corgan's 
going through having to, you know, their first thoughts when they heard he bought a wrestling company, like, what the hell does he know about wrestling? You right. know, but now he's dealing with the promoters and the dirty <laughs> dealings and all of that stuff. And he's getting sharper too. So yeah. he and Aldis are both traveling down a similar path, even if they don't see it. One of the cool points I saw was Nick talking about wanting to get more into this authentic idea because any opportunity he had with WWE, he didn't want anybody to, I think, quote unquote, he said, cut his balls off and not let him be who he is. And that's a big company. They, they keep a pretty heavy lock on. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Most of their stuff. Understandably. Yeah. You so. do what they want you to do. Yeah. Not, not the other way. And, yeah. uh, so he's essentially saying that the whole time, you know, with watching other sports, he sees that they've come along that like in MMA and even basketball or baseball, like people talk crap and cut promos. And he's like, they're doing what we already did in the first place. Yeah. And he's like, it's time to take that back. Cause we're the best at this. Oh uh, Yeah. It really, it really did kind of start there. I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, the martial arts and boxing have always, you know, stuck the mic in the champ's face and the challenger's face and been like, so what do you have to say to so-and-so? And, you know, it's all you have to do. Just wind up, you know, get them wound up a little bit and stick the mic in their face and let them go. That's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, with stuff like Facebook live and, you know, you know, Instagram videos and stuff like that. You can do it all the time from the comfort of your own home, like while you're sitting on the toilet. Not that I've ever done that, but speaking of, yeah, uh, the next one was I think on Facebook Live they did it. NWA World's Champion Nick Aldis Q and A hashtag Ask the Champ. Ask the uh, Champ. If anybody out there is wondering, I deleted all of my Twitter at one point. So I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I know I participated. And yes, I think he is talking to me in that first. I had that question. I was like. <laughs> Is he talking to Gary Horn? Yeah, because I had sent a question about the perception of the NWA being dead and like what they want to do to rebuild it and that sort of thing. So mm. it's cool. Like that very first one, he's like, well, Gary, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, talking to me. Oh, <laughs> Gary. Blah, 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 British accent. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Tally-ho. <laughs> anyway, so I won't. I won't dwell on this one it's a good chance to get to know the champ a bit better though he answers several fan questions kind of cool uh so you jump right into watch this space 10 pounds of gold number 19 it's in new orleans uh this was when wrestlemania was happening yeah uh, they were there he was there supporting his wife for wrestlemania who's his uh, wife mickey james <gasps> did you know that i did not yeah that's his lady mickey james was one of my favorites oh well yeah. look at that yeah oh <laughs> Yeah, so Nick Aldis and Mickey James are married. He was even at the this past year's Hall of Fame. I saw him out in the audience. Oh, sitting cool. There. That's cool. Yeah, you get to see a few other things that I thought was interesting. They won't matter to you right now, but uh, it shows him walking around an arena with his buddy. It's Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull is going to be a big deal later on. Mm. Um, talks about uh, He talks a little bit about the WWE here. One thing that's going to be important is that in this video, he talks a lot about his admiration for Marty and what he's done and the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. And uh, that is going to matter here in a bit. Essentially, these are guys that are also trying to trailblaze in the independent circuit. Nice. And yeah, they're all part of a group. We'll talk about it more later. But uh, they're putting on a show called All In. Nice. And Nick gets asked in a radio interview, are you going to be at All In? And he says... I don't know. Do you think I will be? And <laughs> leaves it at that. Uh, the next video is NWA President Billy Corgan's strange meeting. This was just weird. I have no idea who this guy is. This is the one with him and Josephus in the in the sound booth. Yes. 
Oh, so again, <laughs> so creepy. Yeah. It just, it just, none of it really clicks. Not, like there's a lot of great pieces that don't go together. Like this is a great thing. It shouldn't be with this other thing. That's great for someone else. Like, and then there's this third thing. Cause we needed a third one. Yeah. I don't know who that guy is. Uh, he's, he represents some people. He says he's uh, got bands on tour. Johnny of the puke stains and blueberry time clock. I looked him up. I could not find him. Oh, okay. So, not legit. Uh, but yeah, apparently he reps Josephus. He's pitching the three way idea to Billy. Billy's not having it. So this is not going to be a three way. Uh, and then Josephus appears magically in the studio, <laughs> and uh, he's saying, "Crimson deserves this." Josephus is just being selfless. My spiritual advisor <laughs> has told me the puke stains are going to be huge. <laughs> that was pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> How long do you think Josephus stood in that dark? <laughs> like, Billy, it was Billy's bound to show up here eventually. <laughs> and then, is there only one way in and out of that room? Because that's going to be awkward too. <laughs> do you think like, you just have the creepy like he, ending? He's like just he standing held, there, like he, he held a house plant in front of him and like tiptoed <laughs> right. past Billy. <laughs> He's got to get out of that room. <laughs> I'm just going to stand here to stand until you leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, a lot of great things. None of them go together. <laughs> Quirky, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. Ballad of Colt Cabana. Ten pounds of gold. Number 20. I like this guy. Yeah. We're on our way to China yeah. here. So uh, this is, uh, well, you, you get to know Cole Cabana, essentially, is what this video is all about. Cold out on the street. Uh, you see some cameos by uh, former women wrestlers. There's ODB. Um, she was the first one he meets. And Victoria, she was in WWE for a while. Oh, yeah. I remember Victoria. Yeah. Let's talk about Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Sorry, Todd. Right here, normally, I play his theme music. Oh. I always do that. Awesome. If you've never heard it, it's very catchy. <laughs> boom Boom. Cocabana, boom boom, Cocabana, boom boom, Cocabana, it's Cocabana. Straight out of the shop, Mr. Shake and Bake, 45, wrestling cause he feels alive. Great memories. Alright, so Colt's a laid back dude. I like this about him. He's aware Nick thinks he's better than everyone. Right. Our champ has a rep. Yes. So Nick calls Colt a marketing scheme. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was like, you know what? If anybody, if the champ was really going to take issue with anybody that I could kind of get behind, it would probably be Cole Cabana. Yeah. Just because he does push the marketing really hard, really right. hard. But it's kind of in that, in that sort of, uh, in that sort of industry, again, like the indie music and indie stand up comedy and indie comic books, like you kind of have to. These guys, I mean, as opposed to musicians and comedians and comic book writers and artists, we're not getting put through tables. <laughs> so like, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna need to afford some Advil. Like, <laughs> so you better start selling some T-shirts. That's a that's a really good point. I mean, you actually get to see Cole at, speaking at the American Marketing Conference. Oh, uh, cool! 
Yeah, Colt's a major DIY wrestler. Like he's the guy who's arguably one of the most famous independent wrestlers out there. Like That's he, cool. Yeah, he he never he's done a few little things with WWE and it doesn't last. And then he goes out and he does his own thing, sells his own stuff. You you gotta appreciate that independent spirit of like you know he's not tied to the big company. He comes in, does his thing, you know, hawks his wares, and yeah, it's a hard life. But you know what? Beats pushing pencils. He, uh, he, he kind of fits the spirit of this whole thing. We'll talk a little bit more about the Bucks and Cody later, but, you know, I mean, just the whole NWA idea is like they've got some money from Billy Corgan, but Billy Corgan's not Vince McMahon rich. You know, he's putting his money in. He's trusting on David Lagana to kind of help fund everything. And David Lagana is the one in all of these videos that's filming everything and then right. going home. And editing them together and making this this 10 pounds of gold series is a very DIY element to all of this. Yeah. So you get some of the different perspectives here because Colt talks a lot about wanting to win the people over in China. Like he thinks Nick is just there for some footage for the highlight reel. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Uh, that that would track. Yeah. That's probably accurate. Yeah. It's cool. You get to see Colt randomly run into a dude on the street uh, that has this T-shirt on. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, look at this guy. And uh, Nick says that Colt is great, but will never live up to his potential to be a world beater. Yeah. Uh, He's too concerned with other stuff. You get to see Colt talking to Ricky Morton from the Rock and Roll Express. uh, Right. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Old school. Love it. Yeah. He'll show back up later. He talks about Tully Blanchard, former Four Horsemen, uh, once told him that these years he's in now are the most successful years of his career. So he says, well, I'm not going to argue with Tully Blanchard on that. Nick, in the meantime, is challenging Colt to step out and try to be on top, but he doesn't think he's going to make it. He says, uh... Colt's looking for his destiny, and he's going to find destiny. You just didn't get the memo. It's not your destiny. So uh, the next thing goes into another uh, radio interview with Nick Aldis and Austin Idol. Uh, they're talking about the, the main thing to take away here is a longer form interview again. Nick Aldis talks a lot about disenfranchised fans. Uh, you and I had a conversation, I think, the other day after recording Psychotronic, that podcast about how you know there used to be two huge companies wwe and wcw when wcw collapsed you'd expect all the fans have to watch wwe but no like most of those fans just disappeared nick's talking a little bit about that here that there's disenfranchised fans there's people that want to like wrestling but they're looking for something different than what the wwe's putting out yeah all right and then you go into 10 pounds of gold number 21 Strangers in a new land uh so the oldest crusade brings us into winjow china Cole Cabana is in the airport at the beginning. I just thought this was insane. He says it's his uh, 39th day of travel that he's just been out going along. That's crazy. Yeah. I saw Becky Lynch, a clip of her from WWE the other day that since WrestleMania, she's been on the road 63 days, she said, had not been home. Last summer, I did a open mic tour and I did 15 shows in 19 days. It's crazy. I was beat. I was so tired. I can't imagine traveling as much as they do and doing what they do yeah. on a nightly basis. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, my, hat, my hat's off to him. That's that's incredible. Yeah, Nick's also on that uh, all this crusade, so he's he's been on several several dates himself. Do they get to keep their frequent flyer miles? I assume that they would. Man, that'd yeah, be awesome. Yeah, I'm sure that. That's nice. There's a sighting of a uh, Pero. He's a he's a, another guy that is going to show up later. Uh, I just thought I'd point that out. It's cool to see the guys wandering around China. Just in, in, actually, just yeah. like guys that you know, just 
enjoying themselves. It's like taking everything in. Oh yeah. It's it's so funny too. Yeah, just from everything we've talked about. And there's one point they all get like flowers and stuff. Yeah. And I love that everybody takes their flowers, but Nick does look at the camera and is like, well, what am I going to do with this? (laughs) (laughs) Can I take this back to America? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, that's so Nick. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I love seeing uh, Colt walking around and just seeing the big posters and billboards of Nick Aldis. I'm just like, we get it. Okay, we get it. And Colt's just talking about it, like, there's a billion people here. This is so crazy, you know? And just like, I can't imagine, you know, that you're getting to give them something. He's like, I feel like gracious that we're getting to perform. And he's like, Nick probably feels like they're lucky. He's like, I can't imagine thinking you're better than a billion people. Well, actually, Nick probably does. Uh, yeah. yeah. probably does think he's better than a billion people. Yeah, it's cool to see him just checking out the places. Yeah, because I mean. Practicing their entrances, that kind of stuff. Hell yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a glimpse behind the curtain. I mean, I can't imagine bouncing around well i mean the wife and i are big uh or we were big uh game of thrones fans and you know there's a whole bunch of stuff of these these folks who like spend months you know in these really crazy locations but it's just what other job do you get to do that you know this is one of those rare opportunities where you get to i mean as a traveling performer get to see pretty much all the corners of the map like anywhere that's look We've got a ring. Yeah. Here's your here's your check. Yeah. <laughs> like all right, let's do it. Let's let's go. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. I wonder about with like Nick and his wife being Mickey James. That's gotta be tough with like both of them on different schedules. <sighs> yeah, I gosh. I mean, hell, it's you know I mean you know, it's like any other relation hell, you know, you guys you know, you and Jen have different work schedules and stuff plus you yeah. got a you know a house full of animals and well i mean but we could both come home to the same place every sure, night sure sure i mean cat and i did it for a long time where she was working nine to five i was working midnight to eight and going to school yeah and that was really hard we were like ships in the night for the better part of like the first five years of our marriage oh, <laughs> it, wow. was, it was really crazy yeah it's a test of a relation it's a test of a relationship That's for true. sure and plus they have a kid yeah, they have a kid. Yeah. You know, we don't have kids, but, you know, we've got we've got Max, who's just ball of energy. And just, you know, it's I had hell. I had to take off work. To, I have to I had to take an extra hour at my lunch break to go check on the dog yeah. <laughs> to, today. I mean, I can't imagine like having the schedule of a professional wrestler, your spouse also having the, the schedule of a professional wrestler with a different company. Oh, and we have a kid, too. Yeah, just like oh my god, that's that's just crazy. But there's some people that can hats relate. off to them. Yeah, yeah. I, I um I, I happen to know some of our audience are uh, truck drivers and oh uh, wow yeah yeah, yeah. oh so, god yeah you know that schedule's pretty rough too. I imagine. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the one of the comedians I uh, performed with was a uh, was a truck driver, and he it was a crazy schedule of just you eat, you you drive, you do what you can, where where you can, when you can. It's kind of a it's a very nomadic lifestyle, but there's yep. a bit, there's an element of romance to it, I suppose. But like one of them, uh, shout out BJ, I met at uh, Crockett Cup, the NWA event. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, at the event, got to talk to him for a little bit, and uh, he had worked his way all the way. Like he had, oh wow, you know, just taken the truck and just like from New Orleans all the way wow. to uh, Charlotte, basically, just had 
done deliveries, working his way, like planned his route to, well, that's have what, to do that. Yeah, that's what my friend did. Uh, his name is Jess Cooley. Shout out to Jess. If you're in the Asheville area and you see that he's on a comedy show, go watch him. He's hilarious. Uh, but he used that. Uh, he used his route to find, you know, to find different open mics in different cities and different states. And he he racked up a lot of uh, a lot of time on the mic because of his work and you know kind of works out that way that was great by the way uh, driving a truck scares me because i think i would just wreck <sighs> it's so it's i mean i drive an suv were you gonna say it's so huge i was gonna say it's yeah, so huge figured. <laughs> let's move on nick aldis versus cole cabana from china nwa highlights uh so th- this this is the other match i was thinking of they do show you the other mat the whole match in- of this later down the road uh, it is available on the NWA YouTube channel. You can see the whole thing. But this is, we're just going to talk about the highlights here, basically. Just kind of cool seeing the place lit up with all the fans in attendance. Oh, yeah. They had a DJ in the ring, yeah. which I thought was super weird. Oh, man. I mean, they treated it, they kind of treated it like a mini WrestleMania. It was yeah. like, man, this is cool. Yeah, it was pretty wicked. I mean, this is the first time the NWA championship's ever been defended in China. And so that's even going back to, you know, when like Flair and all those guys had it. Yeah. China was just not a place they could go to, I guess. And so here's Nick Aldis. Was it because of the Cold War or just? I have no idea. Huh. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. There's some communism stuff or whatever. I have no idea. Maybe, maybe. But you get the match and it looks like it's a fun match. And Nick Aldis comes out on top again and actually shakes Colt's hand. This is where I started to come back. I was just like, yeah. Okay, shaking the hand, raising the opponent's hand, even though you won. Like, okay, you're bringing me back in. This is okay. Yeah. I'm sign of respect from Nick Aldis. Yes, I'm like, okay, this is this is you want to cheer again. You want to cheer for the good guy, and you feel like, okay, this is great. However, I don't know what happened on his flight back from China. <laughs> Nick, did you get some stale peanuts? Did the did the flight attendant not fluff your pillow enough? Was there a kid kicking the back of your seat? God, I hope so. Because when you came back, you, that next thing you did, you you did it like a real bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, really, seriously. He was a real pissy. Comes, I'm, ju- I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. He comes back to... Uh, God. The next video is Who Surprised Nick Aldis in their NWA debut. Uh, so you start off at Championship Wrestling from the ho- Hollywood, which we've seen multiple times in this series. Yeah. Uh, first, an interview with Nick Aldis. Back to where the Aldis Crusade originally started. All right, champ. I could just hear you remark the big smile on your face saying, oh, it feels good. After successful title defenses all around the globe, welcome back to where the Aldis Crusade started, right here in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. TK, it is so good to see your face, my friend, for a number of reasons. The first one being that it means that the oldest crusade has returned to its place of birth, the Ocean View and Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. It also means... It also means that when the business at hand is transacted today, I can walk across the street, crack open a cold one, feel the sand between my toes, check my phone to see if Taylor Swift's been hitting me up. Tay-Tay, I'm so sorry. I've just never worked between us, okay? Our schedules are just too busy. Uh, yeah. I'm sure Mickey has something to say about that. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, so uh, 
Now, he, he plays this off kind of the way that Colt Cabana acted. Uh, he says, uh, you know, a lot of people want to bring back the Attitude Era. He's ushering in the Gratitude Era. Yeah. He's offering a challenge. Last five minutes in the ring with him and you get a title shot. Like, all right, this is cool. I kind of like, you know, like what he did in China. I like this setup. This seems to be really solid. I'm on board. So uh man named Falco takes the shot. Yep. Uh, and uh, Nick whips that ass. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, uh, less than one minute. Falco lasts. Yep. And uh, so, okay. Well, that's, that's probably people were hoping for more. Yeah. Nick seems to sense it. He says these people want to see some wrestling. Yeah, bring someone else. So here comes Rocket Boy, and Nick whips that ass. Yeah. But Nick says, "I want these people to get their money's worth." Yeah. Bring me another one. Okay. Like yeah. We just saw you take down two curtain jerkers, so let's. What do you got? Let's let's things work better in threes. What's uh What's the next one? Yeah, well, this is PJ Black. Ah. He's been out of action for a year uh, from a free basing accident. Uh, no base jumping accident. <laughs> <laughs> Please leave that in. Dude. Please leave that in. Because I was like, <laughs> I because like, like, they mentioned like broke breaking his leg or something like that and you said free basing i was like how much did he do <laughs> two different kinds of accidents yep if uh, he was free basing while base jumping that's that yeah. you'd be like oh, okay all right <laughs> that shatter sense. your leg okay yeah that yeah that tracks one led to the other <laughs> um, so based PG- on based on that jonathan hess mustache he's got jeez <laughs> no kidding uh people may not know pj black uh he's been in ring of honor but he's best known as justin gabriel in the wwe he was uh yeah, yeah he was an nxt one or one of the first founding members of nxt and he was in the nexus group oh. uh, and they went after john cena and he he did he had a pretty decent stint in uh WWE. He's from South Africa originally, I believe. Oh, okay. And uh, went off. Now he's independent, known as PJ Black. And he is here because he's been out of action for a little bit and people forget about you. So he's here to remind yep. them he needs a championship. And that's the championship he wants the 10 pounds of gold. Him and everybody else. Yeah. PJ says, well, We got to do this because I can beat you. And Nick, that changes his toot a little bit because he says, I'm a little annoyed. Because you think you can beat me. Much less the last five minutes, you think you can win. Yeah, I mean, uh, for a guy who likes to free base and free jump, base <laughs> jump, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. Would not put it past him at all. Like, okay. <laughs> well, PJ Blight does last five minutes. He busts the champ open. Uh, it's a weird ending. So it looks like what happens is it's getting down to the wire and PJ's going up top to jump onto Nick. Nick rolls out of the ring with right just under 10 seconds left, basically, is yeah. what ends up happening. So yeah. they're saying PJ gets the shot. Nick Which, is- I mean, based on, you know, this is where the paralegal in me comes out of like, okay, what was his phrasing on the actual challenge itself? Did it say, was it last five minutes or get a pin in five minutes or like... I think they just had to last five minutes. That's what I thought. In the ring. You know? Yeah. So Nick's like, no, 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 the clock counted. You know, it, it time expired, blah, blah, blah. 
But I don't think it worked. David Marquez is waiting outside to interview Nick. Tells him, you know, Black is going to get a title shot as well. So just when you wipe one out like Colt, then another one jumps in. And it's all good while you're taking down curtain jerkers. But then somebody steps up, pops you in the mouth. Now you want to take your ball and go home? And like after a great showing in China and like a really kind of a classy, but like really uh, in the spirit of competition move with issuing this challenge. Like, okay, like this is this is good stuff. And then just he turned into crimson. Yeah, he turned into crimson <laughs> pointing at post-it notes. <laughs> no, I'm going to follow these on the way home. I'm going to take my belt and go. Oh, my God. Just that's like, just like your default. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a real bitch move. It's a bitch move. Uh, he says he says it's a conspiracy that the oh. PJ Blight was planted by Corgan. And he's tired of this. From now on, he demands, as champion, he demands 15 days notice for any challenge. He has to approve it. He gets 15 days to decide. Which is going to be really fun for the fans to watch. Let's sit around for 15 days (laughs) waiting for the next challenge. Yeah. Awesome. To see if Nick will accept. Yeah. There's only so many Robin Hood ads on YouTube we can watch in 15 days. Come on. (laughs) What the hell? So this brings us into the final video for the evening, all the way in 10 pounds of gold, number 22. It starts off with an ominous video of a pissed off Nick Aldis, and then we flash back. Poor Nick. Yeah. No. So what's happening here, Todd, <laughs> is this is called All In. It's a special event. The quick and easy setup for all of this is that basically in Japan, there's a group called the Bullet Club. I guess that's the best place to start. And in the Bullet Club, there's guys like Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page, and uh, Marty Skrull, Nick Aldis's buddy, all kind of, they were all kind of part of this group. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the Bullet Club's featured lots of other famous people. Cody Rhodes, when he left WWE and decided to make a name for himself on the independent circuit, felt felt like he wasn't going to get used properly in WWE and he had to do it himself. Hmm. And so he left, ended up wrestling a lot with Ring of Honor in New Japan and becoming part of the Bullet Club. Essentially, there was a smaller faction inside of the Bullet Club and it was called the Elite. And it was Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. That's what they call themselves. like a a three-man tag. Anyway, I'm not going to spend dwell on this forever but essentially at a certain point these guys all become good buddies and they're the best of friends they end up breaking off from the bullet club and they just become a group called the elite they have their own youtube show called being the elite and uh it's kind of a comedy show like just fun like backstage segments and just goofing off together so they start doing a lot of stuff together but at the time, Cody and the Bucks are under a contract to Ring of Honor, which is an independent promotion for those mm-hmm. not familiar. Mm-hmm. And during that period, in May of 2017, a fan wrote into the Wrestling Observer newsletter, who's written by Dave Meltzer, who's like one of these famous wrestling journalists. So they write to him, and actually this may have been on Twitter, they tweet to him, they're looking for like the next big thing. And so they say to Dave, when do you think ring of honor or somebody could sell something like 10,000 tickets like to an event. And Dave Meltzer replied, not anytime soon. Well, Cody tweeted back. I'm going to take that bet. Thus began this event of he and the young bucks deciding to throw their own with ring of honors approval to throw their own event in Chicago. They set the whole thing up, 
picked the venue, decided to see what they could do, started pulling in wrestlers, independent wrestlers, whoever be interested in joining and seeing if they could do something huge to make noise in the wrestling world, basically. And in less than 29 minutes, or it was 29 minutes, 30 seconds, the event sold out. Nice. (laughs) And so so it became, it was a self-funded event. It was sanctioned by Ring of Honor, but uh, it was promoted strictly by Cody and the Young Bucks. It later got announced that Kenny Omega was going to show up, and Stephen Amell from Arrow was going to wrestle on the card. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is he a big... He's a big wrestling fan, apparently, and friends with these guys. That dude's cut. Yeah. yeah. He's cut up like Jesus. Yeah. And... (laughs) Oh, wow. We've been very blasphemous on this. No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, I mean, you know, while he's stretched out, you know... Jesus was a carpenter. Yeah, he was a carpenter. Worked with his hands. Yeah. Muscly guy. Muscly guy? Yeah. So, uh, where you join into this is an all-in presser event, basically. They're just talking about it, what you're going to see. You see people like... uh, We mentioned Tully Blanchard earlier. Colt reference him. Tessa Blanchard. She's uh, an up-and-coming women's wrestler. She's the daughter of Tully Blanchard. She's she's going to be there. Hangman Page is showing up. He's part of their group, so people kind of figured it. Marty Skrull announces he's going to join up. Uh, They announce uh, Fish Ray Mysterio's coming in. He's a free agent, so he's nice. going to do it. So they're going to do this big event, and it's already sold out. It's crazy, successful. And Cody comes out and he introduces Billy Corgan, looking like a 50s mobster. Billy Corgan! <laughs> what you have happening now is a quickly changing landscape, and you are changing that landscape. This event is possible because of the talent in the room, but also because of your interest, because your willingness to back an event like this. So this is actually uh, an earth-shattering event. So I'm very excited to announce that the National Wrestling Alliance will be involved in this event. The World's Heavyweight Championship will be defended there. Because let's face it, if we pull this off as a collective, the world is going to take notice. And realistically, let's face it, there's only a few cities in the world that pull this off, and this is one in Chicago. So thank you very much. So Billy Corgan comes out and uh, I kind of dig this, but he says he wants to announce officially the NWA is also going to help out. It's a it's kind of a cool coming together of the independent wrestling scene to see somebody try to formulate something. Sure. So Billy leaves and Cody comes up to the podium and says, One thing Billy conveniently left out: the NWA World's Championship will be contested on All In. And myself, Cody Rhodes, will be the one challenging for the NWA. Nice. And so, so, there you have it. Cody, his father, obviously, Dusty Rhodes, three-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Nice. Cody's looking to be the first father-son duo with his dad there and win the title that his dad paraded for so long very cool so heavily then the very last thing that we leave with on this episode is that nick is well as you know your words not mine being a bitch (laughs) and and, uh he's very unhappy he's packing up his truck he says he's not going to talk to these people about what the announcement was he doesn't want to hear it there is nothing until he signs he's sick of this shit and and that todd is where we leave it. <sighs> right after he says he demands 15 days, Billy announces his next match. <laughs> and, and so, nice. 
Yeah. I'm, I man, I'm I'm so glad. I'm so glad I got into this. This is really great. I'm I'm really really enjoying it. So I'm I'm excited to uh, get caught up with the with the present. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to more appearances on your show, Gary. This well, I hope uh, we hope that uh, you guys at home are enjoying this also and yeah. uh, catching up. We're we're heading right along. I've got I'm trying to make plans for how we're gonna cover all in and and after all in, then things really start picking up with actual NWA big time shows like pay per view shows. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Hope to have you back. And so in fact. Todd, I guess we've we've decided that this since this is a thing now that people just do two episodes at a time, you're going to come back next week. Yeah, for the I next mean, one. I think I'm your most frequent guest on your other podcast, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and issue a challenge to any to anyone who uh, appears on the show. Yeah, let's go ahead and have a have an appearance a guest off a, a guest off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, I love Miles. I love I love Fred, and those guys are great. So the uh, Mr. Todd I, A. Davis free base challenge, the free basing, free jumping, free base jumping. <laughs> I'm down. Awesome. I, I'm going to start watching this stuff regardless. So that's good. So, yeah. so you're into it. You're you're buying into the NWA. Yeah. That's what yeah. we're trying to do here. So that's awesome. Well, we're going to have Todd back. Todd, tell people how between now and then they can follow you on the interwebs and learn more about your comedy dates and all sorts of other things. Yeah. You can come see me July 1st at Coffee Underground in beautiful downtown Greenville. I'll be hosting No Expectations Comedies Open Mic. And then I'll be off to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for 4th of July weekend. And I'm going to try to hit a show up there. If you'd like at Mr. Todd A. Davis on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my dates are on my Facebook fan page. Please reach out to me. You know, come see pictures of my adorable dog and what I had for lunch. And look for me here on this show, as well as Psychotronic Film Society at Psychotronic Pod. Going to be on there talking about 1989's yeah, Batman. Yeah, Batman 89, baby. Love it. Right. Um, but yeah, I'll be back again soon. Yes, you will next week. Yes. And I am at Rock and Roll Gary. Uh, the week that Todd's coming back for is going to be playlist number six that is already available. It's made. It's on the YouTube channel. So just go there. Just look for the This is the NWA playlist number six on our channel. You can check it out there. I'll link it. And just but, go ahead and subscribe. Yeah. Just go ahead and subscribe. That makes it a lot easier for you. Yeah. You don't even have to search around for it. Yeah. There it is. All right. And then it's at the NWA pod on Twitter, Instagram, or on Facebook.com slash the NWA pod everywhere the nwa pod this is the nwa and we have enjoyed talking about playlist number five we hope to see you next week until then i don't have a sign off i you don't just, have a sign off yet no. oh man we gotta we'll workshop it thus saith the lord thus saith the lord <laughs> free enjoy some free base jumping everybody free.